you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to be looking at verse number 14. Ephesians chapter 6, going to be looking at verse number 14. As we continue our study on uh, the armor of God and how we're to fight these battles that we're going to have to be facing. Uh, and if you're not uh, facing a battle, you will face. Uh, it's not uh, if, it's going to be when. And so how do we come out victorious? We've already looked at the fact that when we got saved, uh, the Lord Jesus gave us everything we need to be able to be victorious in our lives. Do you believe that this morning, that you got everything you need in Christ Jesus? And we've also understood the fact that uh, Jesus uh, won the victory for us. We're not fighting for victory, we're fighting from victory. And so, uh, as we uh, have alluded to, uh, many of our people are going through battles. We're going through um, uh, difficulties, however you want to label it. It's been uh, difficult times, and maybe it's a f uh, financial, maybe it's physical, maybe um, it's emotional, whatever the case may be. Uh, you just need, and I need to understand, we have everything in Christ Jesus that is going to help us be able to get through these times. Now, understand, uh, he doesn't necessarily remove them, but he helps you to get through them, okay? So we've come now to the belt of truth. And uh, if you have your Bibles, you're in verse number 14 of Ephesians chapter 6. This is what the Bible says. It says, stand, like that word, stand, stand therefore. Having your loins gird about with truth. This morning as we've gone through and we've seen the many other pieces of armor, we've now come to the belt of truth. It reminds me of a story, maybe you've seen it as well. That uh, uh, and, and when I first saw them, I thought, man, that, that, that's just kind of cruel. But you, you remember, uh, some of you might have them uh, for small children, especially in crowded areas. Uh, they would have this leash, is basically what it is. And it was wrapped around that child's waist and, you know, and, and they would be running around and they would. And, and when I first saw that, I, I thought, I need to go and say something. That, that's just not right. And then I uh, had grandchildren. I understand why you have them now. And the purpose for that is they still got some freedom, but they can only go so far. You want to make sure they're, they're, that you can get them closer to you. I started thinking about this and started thinking about the belt of truth. And that's exactly what we need to understand is we're going through these spiritual battles that we have to go through. The Lord Jesus wants to keep us close. He wants to keep us close. And one of the ways that He does that is by helping us to be able to put on the belt of truth. See, truth is what keeps you close to Him. Why? Because He's truth. And so as I was thinking about that, I, I'm reminded of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 6 where the Bible says that we have been raised together and we are sitting together in heavenly 
places. Now, understand this. When uh, the, the letter was written to the, um, the, the church at Ephesus, uh, Paul is writing to encourage them. He's trying to let them know what they have in Christ Jesus. And so this morning, as we're going to be victorious in the battles that are set before us, we are going to have to get close to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the reason why we need to be reminded that, that we were raised together. What do you mean being raised? Because the Bible says that when you had sin in your life and before you met the Lord Jesus, you were dead in your trespasses. But when you came to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you were raised in newness of life. And we are raised together. Isn't that a wonderful thing that the family here at Hillcrest, for those of us who have trusted in the Lord Jesus, we've been raised together. Every one of us were dead, spiritually speaking. But because of the wonderful, marvelous grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and He went to the cross on our behalf, He died in our place, He shed His blood so that we could have forgiveness of us, our sins, and that we now have new life in Jesus Christ. We might not agree on what football team we're cheering for. We might not agree on a lot of things. But one thing we can agree, that we've all come by the way of the cross. And we've all come by the way of grace. And so we're held together. And then he says we're going to be sitting there in heavenly places. Do you understand this morning? You know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. You're already there. You're already there. We are in heavenly places. And so with that in mind, oh, we are able to stand. In verse number 14 it says to stand or to stand firm. Now, how are we going to be able to stand when we're in the heat of the battle? Well, the first thing we must put on the belt of truth. Now, uh, going here, Paul is describing a Roman soldier. And as he's looking at the helmet and the breastplate and the shield, and uh, he sees that they would wear a, a tunic, a, a long robe. And then they would put a leather belt around their midsection. And when they were ready to go into battle, they would take that, uh, that tunic, uh, that robe, and they would tuck it into uh, their belt. The Bible tells us here in Ephesians uh, that they gird up their loins. And so they tucked it all in. But also the belt had other accessories to it. Uh, they would carry a sword, but they also would carry a dagger. Now later on, we're going to look at uh, the weapon of the sword, the sword of the Spirit. And so they would have that at, uh, at their disposal. And so now they were tucking everything in. Why? Because they were needing to have some freedom to be able to fight because many of their fights would wind up in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Do you realize there are some battles that you're going to face that you're going to have to go hand-in-hand, face-to-face, toe-to-toe with the devil himself. And, but you have everything you need to be able to be victorious in that face-to-face -face combat that you may be facing. And so uh, they would have freedom, but also they would have stability. And it's amazing to me, in the church of the living God, how unstable many of us are. I mean, when a, a little situation comes, it kind of throws us off. 
Uh, oh, when a battle uh, comes into us, we, we get anxious and we get uh, uh, the ring in our hands and we go around and thinking, I just don't know what I'm going to do. That should not be for a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. We should understand whatever comes our way, He's got it. Whatever comes our way, He can handle it. Here's the problem. We're not letting Him handle it because we're fighting with the wrong weapons. So when you're going that hand-to-hand, you're getting when the, uh, face-to-face, toe-to-toe with Satan himself, you just need to rest in the fact that if you put your belt of truth on, you have everything you need to be able to be victorious. So as we're looking at the belt, oh, we see that uh, in John chapter 8, verse number 44, when we see truth, and of course the Lord is truth, God is truth, His Word is truth. And in John 8.44, it tells us that our enemy has no truth in him. He's the father of lies. And so here's the conflict that we have. Here's truth, and then here's the liar. The father of lies. He's a murderer. He's a destroyer. He's a, 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 slay, a, a slanderer. He's an accuser. And so now we're seeing that that conflict, by the way, in Romans chapter uh, number 7, Paul describes it this way. He says that this battle will not end until you get home. So don't go and sit back and say, oh, got through that one. It's easy street now. Oh, there's another one right around the corner. And so we have this constant claim. There's truth and then there's lies. And we're seeing it in our society. There are, we're seeing it even in our churches. Even in those that say that they know Jesus Christ, even though they say they're a member of a church, uh, you're seeing many, many are teaching false doctrine uh, and, and, and uh, uh, false teaching. We looked at it in class this morning about faith healing. And you do understand that the Lord Jesus is still a healer. You are, oh, well, there's no doubt about that. I still believe if God so chooses, He can touch and make people whole again. I have no problems with that. But what we're seeing today, and those that say they're faith healers, is unbiblical. It's unbiblical. It is a lie. You go and look at the Bible and you will see that the healings of Jesus and the apostles is far different than what we're seeing today. And one of the ways is when they'll say things like, don't ever pray if it be thy will. Who said, who would say something stupid like that, Benny Hinn? I'm just telling you. In a crusade in Orlando, Florida in 1996, He got up and made this statement. He says, when you're praying, don't pray if it be His will because that destroys your faith. My dear friend, I want you to understand the Bible is quite clear. You better be praying God's will. Now here's the problem that we have. Sometimes His will doesn't match up ours. That's where we get messed up. 
But even though we pray for healing, sometimes He will answer that prayer and sometimes He will not. But like I told my class today, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you have a physical ailment and you've been praying for it and it seems like God is saying no to you, my dear friend, there's going to be a day coming where you will get your ultimate healing and that's when the Lord Jesus Christ calls you home and you'll get your perfect body, your glorified body and you'll be in heaven worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ for all eternity. All this down here is temporary but what we have in Jesus Christ is eternal. And so here we have that constant uh, conflict of what's true and what's not true. In Numbers chapter 23 verse number 19 the Bible says God cannot lie. God cannot lie. He doesn't even have a capacity to lie. He is, why? Because truth, and if you have truth, you have no way uh, that you can uh, say, no matter what comes along, that it changes. You'll look at uh, the cults, you'll uh, look at false religion, and you'll start looking at their teachings, and their teachings will continue to change. In the Mormon church, they have constantly changed what their teachings are. Jehovah Witness, you can go on down through the list, but my dear friend, I got good news for you. When you've trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, you trusted in truth, and His His message has not changed from the beginning and it will not change. He's the same yesterday, He's the same today, and He's the same forevermore. Why? Because He's truth. Truth never has to change its story. And so so what we see in John chapter 8 verse 22 it says here that uh, that uh, that uh, the truth will set you free. You, you know that verse, don't you? How many of you quote it? Uh, uh, if you know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. My dear friend, we don't really read that whole scripture. We don't know to say, well, the truth will set you free. Truth in and itself does not set you free. You have to know truth in order to be set free. Does, is that making sense to you? You have to know truth. And when you know truth, then you can be set free. So, what is truth? Well, that question has been going around for many, many years now. We see it today that we call, uh, they call it uh, relative. What's relevant to you is truth. Relativism. If I go and I'll say... uh, to uh, Brother Terry here, I said, uh, now Terry, this is the way I think, this is, uh, this is what I think uh, is right. And he'll say, well, I, I, I know, I think it's right. Well, the society and the world view is, both of you are right. Isn't that But everybody's right. That, 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 that's relativism. We also see in Judges chapter 21 verse 25, It says they had no king and every man did what was right in his eyes. Oh, here's where we're starting to see why some of us are losing some of the battles that we've been facing. Because, first of all, notice in that verse that they had no king. See, when you don't have a king, you have chaos. Back in the time, the king, whatever he said, it was truth, right? Whatever the king decreed, it had to be carried out. 
If you had a letter from the king, that was as if the king was right there in front of you and saying those same words. And so here's what's happening uh, in the world today is they have no king. See, there's only one king that you can have that will bring truth into your life. That's King Jesus. And without King Jesus, you have no truth. And so we see that, okay, I got that. So what makes up truth? Well, the first thought, there has to be intent. Intent. There was a man... One morning, Saturday morning, he gets up and he's getting his fishing pole and he's getting his fishing hat and all that. And his wife said, you, you going fishing? He says, yep, I'm going to go, I'm going to go fishing. I'll be back a couple, three hours. She says, okay, whatever. About two or three hours, he comes back and he has this cooler. Has about uh, 15 catfish in it. He says, look here, honey. Look, look at here. He says, I caught these catfish. Well, she looked at it. And then she realized her husband was no fisherman. I mean, he was lousy at fishing. So something doesn't seem right. And so she says, so you caught these? He says, I sure did. Caught all 15 of them. She says, well, how did you catch them? He says, well, I went down to the fish market. And the guy was selling fish in the back of his truck. I pulled my truck up and I said, Hey, buddy, will you throw me 15 catfish? He threw 15 catfish. He says, I caught all 15 of them. <laughs> now, watch. He, he had some facts in that, didn't he? he? He caught. He caught 15 fish. But his intent was what was messed up. See, truth... It not only has to have facts, but it has to have intent. Satan comes along with you. And Satan says, you know what? You are nothing but a low down, dirty, nasty sinner. Well, that's the fact. Because the Bible says, our righteousness is like filthy rags. So Satan comes and he tells you and gives you some facts, but his intent doesn't match up the fact. His intent to tell you that is to make it to where you're feeling really bad about yourself, but He's telling you that because He wants to keep you where you're at. When God comes and tells you, you are a sinner. But He also, because His intent is not to harm you, His intent is to bless you. So not only does He give the facts that you're a sinner, you're a sinner by nature and by choice, but He also goes, even while you were yet a sinner, Jesus died for you. Do you see the difference? Your intent, when the, the truth it has to have intent. And so Satan's intent is never ever to tell you the truth. Satan's intent is not to help you. That's sort of like, even worse though, when you get a knock on the door and there's a man dressed in a, a, a nice suit and he says, hello, I'm from the U.S. government. I'm here to help you, okay? That, that, that maybe he's telling you the fact he is a government worker, but he's not there to help you, okay? And so, uh, and so Satan wants to do everything he can. Remember, you've got to have your helmet on and he gets that thought and then that thought goes into your heart. And then 
uh, it filters in to where now truth has been distorted. He is, Satan is a truth twister. He'll take what appears to be truth, but he'll twist it around. That's the reason why we need to be very careful of the translations that we uh, get in reading the Bible. Because the Jehovah Witness, they have taken the Bible, but they have twisted the truth. Am I not telling you? Right. And so who orchestrates all that, Satan? And so, uh, what's the intent? But also, notice, truth is already predetermined. What do we mean by that? Well, let me give you. There was a CPA, there was a, uh, uh, a psychologist, and there was a lawyer. And so, they were all asked this question, what is truth? What is truth to you? Well, the, uh, the accountant, the CPA says, well, I work with numbers and, you know, that's my business. And uh, the more I work with numbers, I find out that truth is what it needs to be. Okay? So the psychiatrist comes in. He says, what's truth? He says, well, you know, working with people and dealing with people's emotions. Truth to me is what you feel about it. And then the lawyer came in and he says, what's truth to you? He says, well, working in the courts and knowing how the judicial system works. He says, truth to me is what you want it to be. So here's what we need to understand. Truth is always truth no matter how you're looking at it. One plus one is always two. Now, you might say, well, one plus one, uh, yeah, that's the fact, that's fact. But I, I, I feel like it ought to be three. That doesn't change the fact that one plus one equals two, right? Okay, but then also, uh, you know, I, I want it to be, I, I really want it to be four. I, I, just, I just want it to be four. One plus one is always two. See, truth never has to change no matter how you are receiving it. It's always the same. And that's how Satan comes in. He wants to muddy that up for you. He wants to distort that for you. And he's doing a pretty good job in the world in which we're living. We're living in the world that's upside down. We're living in a world where uh, those are, are saying that perverted things, that's all right, just as long as that makes you feel all right. We're seeing that we're having problems with finding out our gender now. I mean, it's starting to be an issue, is it not? We're now looking at where it doesn't matter if you're male or female, you can all go to the same bathroom. One day you may feel female and you'll go to uh, that bathroom. Or one day you may feel like a male, you can go to that bathroom. I'm telling you, and we can make light of that, but there are some people have gotten so distorted, they can't even figure out who they are. Who did that? Satan. Satan did it. And so it has intent. But I want you to also notice that it has, it has to be internal. Truth has to be internal. Uh, in John chapter 4 verse 24 it says, God is spirit and we must worship Him in spirit and in truth. 
See, coming to worship, we can't walk out of here and say, boy, we really had a worship service because uh, the song service was made. I mean, we were clapping, we were praising God, and some of you are wanting to run up and down the aisles and, and all of that, and that music just made you, you know, and you were shouting the glory down. You could better not base the worship service on how well the music went. Because worship is in spirit and in truth. That's the reason why, one of the reasons why we always, when we have a service, we always have to get into the Word of God. Because the Word of God is truth. I have nothing against music. I love music. We have a wonderful music ministry here. Thank God for those uh, men and women that God has sent to us. And and, and I enjoy that. And I'm not discounting that at all. But you cannot have a worship service if you're just singing. You have to have a worship service that has truth in it. And truth comes from the Word of God. And so, uh, what is internal? So if that's eternal, right? If truth has to be internal before we act upon it, what do we have to do? Well, what we have to do is that we have to cultivate that. How do we cultivate that? Glad you asked. We cultivate it, first of all, by being honest. If I'm going to cultivate the truth that's in me, And the last time I checked, the Bible says that if He abides in us and we abide in Him, right? So the Lord Jesus is living in us. The Holy Spirit resides in us. And so, that is truth. So in order for me to be able to be victorious in the battles that I'm having to face, I have to have my belt of truth upon, and that truth that I have in me has to be cultivated. And how do we cultivate it? First of all, we got to be honest. What do we need to be honest about? Who you are. you got to be honest who you are. You can go ahead, you can put on the smiley faces and you can go ahead and have the right language and you can go around and and you can shout and you can do all the external things. But the truth of the matter is something's missing in here. I have not confessed who I really am. Who am I? I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I am a sinner. Oh, wait a minute, Brother Mike. I've been saved. You're still a sinner. You've gotten saved, but you still have problems with sin. And what we need to do if we're going to be able to fight these battles and and understand that truth has to be cultivated within us, the first thing we got, we got to be honest to who we are. We got to be honest about our sins. And many churches today have kind of distanced themselves from using that word. I'm telling you the truth. They don't want to bring up about how bad you are. They don't want to bring up that you're a sinner. They want to bring about how uh, depraved you are because that will cut into our crowds because nobody wants to be told that they need to get things right. Nobody likes to hear someone say, you're wrong. But that's exactly what we have to do if we're going to cultivate truth. we got to be honest with our sins. 
But not only with our sins, but we got to be honest with our motivation. Why are we doing what we're doing? Or let me go ahead and add this one in. Why aren't you doing... Why aren't you doing it all? Some of us are just flat out not doing nothing. And the Bible says, and to know right and not do it is sin. He said, well, you know what? I just kind of come in. I just want to kind of get comfortable and sit back. I enjoy the music and I can tolerate Brother Mike. And, uh, you know, and and then I've kind of done my church fix. And then I go up and I still live like I want to live and do what I want to do. Um, and, and, and I just go on my merry little way. You're sinning. God has commanded every one of us who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. He has told us that we are to be servants. And some of us are not serving. Some of us are just taking it in, taking it in, taking it in, taking it in, but not giving nothing out. And what happens is you become a stagnant pawn to where God can't use you. And so we've got to be honest. If we are going to fight these battles... By the way, if you are not serving, and it says, well, brother, I can't teach, I, I can't do that. You can do something for the Lord Jesus. You can greet. You can be nice to someone. You can take a meal to someone that's just got a a home from surgery. You you can do something. You can go up there and you can have a little baby in your lap for uh, for an hour. You can change a diaper. uh, You know, uh, you can. You don't tell me that you don't have anything to do. You got something you can do for the Lord Jesus Christ. And you, nobody even has to know what you've done. But you must be doing something. Now, who has orchestrated that? Satan himself. He's gotten in. He's clouded your mind. He's clouded your heart. And where you've gotten distorted over the truth. And the truth of the matter is that we were saved not to be setting, but to be serving. We were saved to do something to bring glory and honor unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're not doing that, then you are wrong. And you need to repent and confess of your sin. I told you, if we really want to do business, and that's the reason why many of you are not winning the battles. That's the reason why Satan keeps on eating your lunch. That's the reason why you go around and say, I just don't know what else is going to happen to me. The reason why is because you didn't put your belt on, you didn't put your helmet on, you didn't put your breastplate on. We're going to see later, you haven't been carrying your sword. You just now have been doing it. And the only one you can blame is Satan himself. Satan's got you where you're at today. Satan's caused you to sit back and let others do what you ought to be doing for the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan has orchestrated all of this. But here's what, and preachers are just as guilty. Preachers, you know, they want to get people to serve. And so what do we do? Sometimes we get up and we'll put you on a guilt trip. We'll go ahead and play with your emotions a little bit. But I'm telling you, if that's all you're doing, something for the Lord Jesus Christ, you're doing with the wrong motivation. You shouldn't have to be serving the 
Lord because Mike gets up here and screams and hollers at you and say, you need to be doing something for the Lord. You ought to be doing something for the Lord. Why? Because of nothing else. Because He saved your soul that you were bound for hell. Now you're bound for glory. I'm telling you, no one should have to encourage you to do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. You ought to be looking for something to do for the Lord Jesus Christ because of what He's done for you. But Satan's gotten messed your head up, messed your heart up to where you're confused. So here, what do we need? We need to exchange our thoughts with the things of God. We need to change your thinking to God's thinking. Now, how does God think? The Bible says that we are to have a mind of Christ. Well, two things. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 10. It says uh, that uh, God would revealed. Uh, what would He reveal? He were revealed uh, things that that, that are uh, that by the Spirit. Okay, so God reveals by the Spirit, and the Spirit will show you the deep things of God. Okay, got this. So you got your truth on. You're cultivating truth. You're getting honest. Now. You're, you're listening to the Spirit. By the way, the Bible says that the Spirit is your teacher. The Spirit will lead you. Listen to the Spirit as you cultivate. Oh, and, and so now, oh, your mind, you start thinking differently. Okay, You don't think like you used to. You're thinking the things of God. Now, how is that to be? Uh, in verse number 12, it says... And that you can know the things of God. 1 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 5 says that they eat of spiritual food and drink of spiritual food, but there were some that were overthrown. Hmm. What does that mean? It means that when you have truth and you're cultivating truth, you're thirsty for it. You're wanting to know more truth. You're hungry for it. You want to know more truth. Why? Because to have the mind of Christ, the truth has to be an ingredient there and standards. So we now we're changing our way of thinking. Not the way we feel about things, not what we think about things, but what does God think about these things? And He will show you, He will reveal that to you as you're cultivating your spirit. And it says here in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, in the last uh, verse number 5, but there were some who were overthrown. Why were they overthrown? Because they were not eating and drinking of the spiritual food and the spiritual drink that the Lord Jesus was providing for them. And just like physically speaking, if you quit eating and you quit drinking, you will die. Right? So spiritually speaking, if you're not feeding and you're not drinking on spiritual things and the deep things of God, where God can reveal Himself and God will lead you and God will give you guidance and God will show you what you need to do to be able to fight this battle that you're in, if you're not doing that, you will be overthrown. So let's just go ahead and simplify it. Some of us have poor diets. Poor diets. I'm not talking physical. Lord knows I'm not the one to be speaking about healthy eating. Last night, watching that football game, 
we had some wings. Pretty good. The Parmesan ones. And, those. and then we had, Rebecca made this dip. And I've always, uh, she told me what it was. But it, it, it's, it's good. It's got sausage and it's got cheese. A lot of cheese. Did I say it had cheese in it? It has a lot of cheese. She mixed that thing up, and we got some chips, and we're watching that football game, and I'm eating those chips, and I, every time I'm taking a bite, I'm feeling guilty. I thought, this can't be healthy for you. But I was eating it. I'm not talking about physical diet. I'm talking about spiritual diets. So the question that you must answer this morning is, what kind of diet are you on? Are you hungry and thirsting after truth? Are you cultivating that's within you? Have you not let Satan get into your head and twisted what truth is? Have you protected your heart to where your heart uh, is not deceitful, that it's been cleansed by the word of the Lord Jesus? What kind of diet are you on? Many times over. And I'm not here to be, I'm, I'm not a counselor. No, 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 no. But I've learned a few things. When people come with problems, it doesn't matter what kind of problem it is. Maybe it's a, a marital problem. Maybe it's an addiction problem. We can go on through the list. There's a common denominator that I found. The first question I want to ask is, How's your Bible reading? Nine times out of the ten? Eh, it could be better, Brother Mike. What about your prayer life? Well, Brother Mike, you know, I got six kids at the house, and, you know, we're busy. I probably could pray more. What about your attendance? Well, Sunday morning, you can count on me Sunday morning. I'm usually there on Sunday morning. What about Sunday night? Sunday night, you know, hitting and missing. Wednesday, well, we get, I get off late. And it, it just, I, I just can't get it there on Wednesday night. Now, I'm not, I'm not foot. I understand that people's work schedule, I'm not, I'm not getting there. Hear what I'm trying to say. Well, I, you know, I can worship God. I don't have to come to church. Yeah. But the Bible tells us that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves. Is that truth? Yeah. Truth. Oh, you preachers, you just think we ought to be in every service. No, no, no. Let's, 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 let's go ahead and up this a little bit. The Lord expects you to be in every service. Now, understand, you're going to work, and I'm not discounting that. See, somebody's already gotten all puffed up about it and says, he's just fussing, he's just fussing, he's always fussing about my attendance. I had not said nothing about your attendance. I'm just asking you where you're at. And then they say, yeah, we could work on that. And I said, do you see a connection here? You're going through a battle but yet the very things that you need to help you in this battle, you've distanced yourself from. And you wonder why you have problems. There's somebody sitting here this morning 
and you're going through a battle and you said, I, I, I've tried, I'm trying my best. I, you know, my, my wife said I needed to read this book. I've read that book and I, I, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I'm doing everything I can. But listen, this is a spiritual issue. What kind of diet are you on will determine how you're going to get through this battle. You're either going to be defeated or you're going to be victorious. And Satan's doing everything he can to distort all of this and start putting thoughts like, oh, you can do, you don't have to do all that. You got this handled, man. Don't listen to that preacher. He just says that because they're preachers and they say things like that. Truth is truth. God cannot lie. So if I want to put my belt of truth on, it would seem to me that I would go to the one who can help me put it on. The Lord Jesus if to, you can know the truth, know the truth, which means you've got to be active in it. You've got to be diligent in it. If you know the truth, then the truth will set you free.